0: Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, patreo dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to the Damian Lillard episode of the Hoop Theory podcast, aka episode 71, which is in honor of his career-high 71-point game last season against the Rockets. My name is Logan Wertman, recording this one on the afternoon of Monday, January 22nd, and as usual, I'm joined by my fierce co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Damian Lillard episode?
1: Pretty good. I kind of feel like a girl boss.
0: Fierce. Fierce, yeah. I, feel I like thought you might a, like that one. It's a jubilant <laughs> word.
1: Just kidding. That's no. I'm 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 excited to be here. We've had a lot of great, well, not great things, but great basketball this past week Mm -hmm. that I'm sure we'll talk about. Nuggets Celtics played, and it was a darn good one. Denver gave Boston their first loss in Boston this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, honestly, after the first quarter, it was like a three point game. But I was like, oh, it's fine. Jokic has like 19. Mm -hmm. We'll be, but then Jamal Murray decided to be good, and it was no, it was good, and um. I mean, it sucks, obviously, when your team loses, but it was, like, one of those games where, you're like, you were pissed, but you're, like, at least it was a good game. Like, it could have been, like, yeah. a game that you hated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it just was It just was a game. It was uh, a
0: game. The, the whole game was, like, very, very entertaining, like, tightly contested. It was a good time. Like, there was a couple.
1: It was basketball. There was runs, but it wasn't anything um, crazy. A lot mm-hmm. of Drew Holiday hate coming in from Boston people after that game. Oh, really? Yeah. I, Why is that? Just everybody feels like he's the most disappointing Celtic. And Uh, I'm like, well, it's because you're asking him to do something completely different than he did before. Like, he went from being, like, the second or third, depending on how healthy Chris Middleton was, to being, like, almost an offensive afterthought at times. Yeah. Like, that's not easy for someone to just do. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, people claim that his defense isn't as good. I'm like, well, no, it's not. He's just being used differently. So we can't, like, if him and Derek White switched jobs, no one would complain. If we did not have Derek White, no one would think Drew Holiday's struggling. Because mm. I just think that, like, they do a lot of the things similar. so it, like Yeah, they overlap and then quite a bit. And then Derek White's just beloved all-star. Like, Boston people will gather together and try to bully him into the all-star game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you think he's been the... Th- third be- like in order to get an all-star nod doesn't he have to be at least like the third best celtic or would you get four in there because kp and J- Jalen brown so i think the thing that he has that
1: gets me is he's not really been bad he's had like one or two bad games because the mm-hmm. first like 25 games of the season the only time we lost was when Derek white wasn't playing because he had i think it was a it was a kid maybe
0: Yeah, I think I heard about that, actually. Or
1: family... He was not playing, not due to injury. He just was dealing with family. I'm pretty sure it was a kid, I think. Anyway, those were the only games we lost for, like, a long time. And then we lost to the, I think, Warriors when he played. Anyway, he just has been very, like, consistent. KP has very high highs, but then goes away. Jalen Brown does the same thing. Jason Tatum does the same thing. But we were officially to... Um, the new year, Jason Tatum should start looking like Michael Jordan anytime now. Um, that'd be cool. Uh, consistently (laughs) night in and night out instead of like once every two weeks. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I, I think, wasn't he on like a pretty good streak the few games before the Nuggets one? Yeah. He was playing really well up until that game.
1: Well, he, yeah, he, he is, I mean, still is playing pretty well. He, nobody shot well against the Nuggets and it felt like, you know, obviously Nuggets like aren't bad at defense, but it felt like it just was a weird It wasn't all just the Nuggets' defense. We just did not shoot well, but yeah, there's 82 games. It's how it goes.
0: Yeah, but also, if we get seven
1: games of that though for an NBA final, I would not be upset. Uh Even if the Celtics, I just would be like, this was that was just a good game.
0: Yeah, especially the I've noticed like my what's the most fun to watch games that are the most fun to watch sometimes is when teams play Jokic the way the Heat tried to in some of those games and the Suns definitely did a lot in playoffs, which is like make Jokic a score, basically, you know, just play him one-on-one and like try to stop everything else that goes off around him. And so that's what the the Celtics were doing. They were just guarding him straight up with Al Horford the whole game, which Al Horford, like one of the best players in the league you could, you know, ask for to to try to guard Jokic, but still it's just like, if it's one-on-one coverage, Jokic is going to cook anybody. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, that's what was happening, especially like the first half, like Jokic was just came out of the gates really hot, but Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. both had terrible first halves. They picked it up a little bit in the second half, but yeah, not a great game overall from the Nuggets or the Celtics. Obviously it it was a 102, 100 final score for two of the
1: better offenses in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah. Granted two of the better defenses also, but yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't great. But Jamal Murray though was a guy that I was like, okay, I know he's good didn't do anything, and then did everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the heck?
0: Yeah, he gets in those zones where he's making literally anything. And it's like, it's just a, a great day to be alive when, <laughs> as a Nuggets <laughs> fan when it's one of those days. But yeah, so I guess jumping into our first topic for today, which is something that has been on the back burner for a little while. It kind of it kind of came up naturally a few episodes ago, but we didn't have enough time to like actually dive into it and that was the regular season totals, or like how we total people's stats in their career. I just think it's really weird, and and I, I'm confused at why it's just the norm, and nobody else seems to question it at all. I've just beca- became more and more like, I guess, skeptical of, of why we do it this way, which is how the number that's held up there as like the most important numbers are always the players' regular season totals on their career. It doesn't include playoffs. And now with that, adding all these new things in like the in-season tournament and the play-in tournaments, it's not going to include those games either. And so with those additions, I think I'm just even more like, why don't we just combine all of the stats? And why don't we just look at that as like, oh, that's what the person did on their career, you know, instead of just going on the regular season, which over the years is mattering less and less, you know, it's so like why is that the the main thing we care about like when people say Jokic's career high is 50 points when just less than a year it's like six months ago in the playoffs he just scored 53 just feels a little like he he just scored 53 why are you saying his career high is 50. but that's just the way we say it because i don't know why but that's just the standard way we do it um what are your thoughts on this
1: to be honest don't super care at all (laughs) (laughs) um like, if I had, like, I get both sides. I get, like, I'm always a proponent of why are we changing things if we super don't really need to? And this is just mm. how they've always done it. But I also get, like, LeBron scored more NBA points than Kareem, like, four years ago. Yeah. And I think it was count- like a year
0: or like was a year he- before he did the. So two like- years ago, three years, yeah. or
1: whatever it was. Cause I can't even, it was a year since, about a year when he passed him. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I, to, I'm, I fully understand the, like, just put them all together. Why are we separating these? Yeah. But then I also get the, like, well, it's this way. Everybody plays the same number of regular season games if they're healthy. Yeah, exactly. Or,
0: when they're healthy, which is, like, never. <laughs> Nobody ever really plays the same number of regular season games anymore. Um, it's the same number
1: of opportunities to play type of thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, you, no one's ever stopping you from from playing all four rounds in the playoffs except for your team losing. Everybody has that opportunity every year. Uh, I think it's
1: (laughs) different in terms of like, yeah, whatever. Like I I can't,
0: I feel bad, but I
1: like, we talked about it off pod. Yeah. And then the more I thought about like, how am I going to, I didn't care. Okay. The the more and more I was like thinking, I was like, I get why people wouldn't want to change it because that's how it's always been. And everything would get shuffled around or whatever. And you'd have to do that. But I also get where you're coming from of, it's really dumb that they're separate.
0: Yeah, it it just is. I mean, like there Like if
1: anything you should have like the everything and then just your playoff number.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, they they have the... categories for all of them. Like you can find them all separately and all of them combined. Like you can find those easily, but it's just like nobody cares about the total one, about like all of them put together. The only thing that anybody seems to care about is the regular season total, which just seems like why. You know? Like the, I think the big thing is like people say that, like you were saying that they play the same amount of games. Like what if a player doesn't make the playoffs as often as another player, but you could also say like a player playing for a worse team has just a natural advantage of putting up more stats, you know? So like they already have that advantage. Like if you, if you just went based off of regular season totals, like guys like Tim Duncan. You know, he's at, like, a disadvantage because of how good the team he was on was and how little he needed to do of some of, like, the scoring category or, you know, something like that from your year. Yeah. It's just, like, it's a better measure, I feel like, of how dominant or how, like, good of a career someone has had if you put all of them together, to me personally. It's not perfect, but it's better than, I think, just looking at regular season and then just, like, that's it. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess... You're you're just kind of in the middle on it, so there's not really an argument to be had here.
1: Well, well and, like, a lot of the time there isn't, like, an argument. And I, like, because I get both sides. I probably, like, more I think about it, like, I lean your way because, like, why would it be separate other mm-hmm. than it always has been? Yeah. But that's not necessarily a good reason. Like, there was a point in human history where no one built a house and they just moved around because they didn't want to farm stuff. Like, adapting is fine.
0: Yeah exactly
1: but i don't know it's it's a it's a tricky one i it's like a weird it's just a weird weird deal i'm oh i almost always lean why change it almost Uh, always yeah so that's where i guess i'll stay but i totally get where you're coming from and it makes sense
0: yeah yeah so i guess moving on to another topic we have the trades that have happened recently we we haven't talked about this at all even though we've had a couple episodes at least one episode since the og trade happened Ogiananobi that is it kind of sounded like I was saying original gangster. But so the Siakam trade has also happened. So the Raptors it's weird to me how much earlier than the deadline all of this happened cuz most seasons it feels like nothing happens until the deadline. Cuz the team that has
1: the better asset is like we're going to hold it and then you're mm-hmm. going to get scared and you're going to want it before like you try to make a playoff run and then we'll let you have it and you'll overpay.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um which yeah
0: it's just a lot was different also, than most years. A lot more action yeah. a lot more like activity going on before the deadline this year.
1: Because like one was like December, I think.
0: Oh yeah, the, the OG trade might have been in the December. OG. It might have been.
1: Like if I feel like everything was super early. Um and also not not being disrespectful to the Pistons and the Washington Wizards trading Bagley. literally nothing. They just it, Galinari and Muscal for Bagley and uh, Isaiah Livers in two seconds. Very yeah. big moves being made.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Marvin Bagley is really good actually, on the Wizards, though. I think he's averaging like, it, over 20 points so far. It
1: seems to fit better. Um, Marvin Bagley is also a guy that I'll never understand why he wasn't better.
0: Mm-hmm. Ever.
1: Because it, like, it wasn't... It's, it's like there's some guys who are like, okay, I get why you weren't great. But Marvin Bagley... I can't. My brain can't connect A and B.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, has, he can, has the talent for sure. Uh, um, hopefully, he'll the, stick in Washington.
1: Yeah. Do you want to start with the OG trade, probably? Yeah. That was the, since that the happened furthest, happened furthest
0: the, away. Yeah. So Toronto traded uh, OG Ananobi for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly.
1: I have all the details if you want them.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, go for it. It's OG
1: Ananobi. Uh, Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua. 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 Uh, those three headed to the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Raptors received R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a second round draft pick of this year uh, via Detroit. So uh, Logan pretty much said who it was. It was R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly for OJ yeah. mm-hmm. um, and Anobi, essentially. And. It looked really like it still does look good for both teams, kind of sort of both teams. Mm-hmm. Like it, RJ Barrett gets to go back to the great white north,
0: yeah, which is his homeland,
1: his homeland. He's he's looks fine. Um, Emmanuel quickly is a guy that, um, I always like thought was better than he was because his best games of his career are always against the Celtics. So, like, most of the basketball of him I've watched, he looks like he's insane, like he's Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, college <laughs> teammates. He owned, there you go. Um, but on the Knicks side, like, it made the Knicks, like, bump up in my brain to, like, they are the top of whatever little weird tier they're in because of mm-hmm. the trade, I think. Yeah. Because um, they started off on some big win streak, too, right when it happened, didn't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're still Dude, it's playing. It's December
1: 30th is when the trade happened.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so it was December. But, yeah, I think moving off of quickly just made sense because the overlap of him and Jalen Brunson You know, with Jalen Brunson there, quickly is just basically going to be your third guard or your, you know, first guard off the bench type of thing um, at max. And, you know, in a different situation, he could probably be better than that. Um, So that's what the Raptors were betting on there. Um, Also, RJ Barrett has just not really improved over his years in, in New York the way that you would want from, you know, a prospect of his caliber. And uh, as soon as he got to Toronto, though, he's been playing a lot better. He's been shooting a lot better. So things are just looking nicer there. Also, I think it's just good for the Raptors overall because, you know, their whole thing is just like super wing heavy. So they were having like OG Anobi run the two, uh, like as his normal regular position and Scotty Barnes at times being the two, things like that. But... Moving in, moving those guys down to like the four and the or three of the four. Um, Where they're c- supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. I think is helpful. And getting a guy like quickly who's a natural guard and RJ Barrett, who's like a smaller wing, you know, he can play to pretty easily. It's not like out of position really for him. So that's just a better fit there. Better, more guard skills also with those guys. Um, and then with the Knicks, I think OG Ananobi gives them what they were wanting from Barrett. What Barrett was giving them to a degree, but like a, just interesting improvement on that.
1: Just a better version of Barrett. Yeah. Which I and don't they're think in a Barrett, position now.
0: It's kind of like John Collins. It's kind of like the John Collins situation where it's like his skill set, I don't think is best utilized to be that role, but that's the role that he was asked to play in New York, you know, to be like a 3 and D guy. hmm but he has more like of a point .40-esque sort of game to him. OG Anobi is just straight up like one of the best 3 and D players in the world. So it just fits very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that OG's a very Thibodeau type of guy. I like that fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like Thibodeau more than almost any other coach like can't take anybody and make them work for him. But if they're like the right type of player, he just makes them better at, if they're like the right fit already. He elevates players that have the high efficiency rating on 2K in his system. He, like, <laughs> elevates it even higher. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I also was thinking about with the Raptors is last year, I remember being, like, with Nick Nurse there, Um, and they were, like, kind of moving things around. And I was like, oh, they're just going to really play five. uh They're going to have Fred VanVleet and then four fours is what they were, like, pretty much playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if anybody can make it work, it's Nick Nurse. He'll do some weird stuff. There'll be a, a – a, Tricky, sticky no what's the word what's the word uh tricky that's the word a tricky <laughs> out they won't be a team that you can just sleep on and then they were bad and it didn't work at all mm-hmm. and then nick nurse was gone so it was kind of like well we've got a bunch of power forward small forwards that we need to get away from and so now they did and i think they've done it very well not through just this trade but uh through the other one as well i think they did a nice job i think they lost the siakam trade which we'll talk about later more than they did this one but Um, anyway, because uh, that
0: one was more for future capital, right? Yes,
1: because they got more in the yeah, they got 224 firsts and then a conditional 2026 first.
0: Conditional 26, is that you said? Yes. Uh, so that is like protections. Is that what the condition is? I just know on nba.com it says conditional. I'm not sure what
1: the conditional means, yeah, but they do have two first round picks this next year from this trade alone,
0: Mm -hmm. which is Um, pretty, pretty good. Like obviously, uh, that's the direction they're going in. Is more of a rebuilding, retooling phase, and so I think that they probably should have made these moves even earlier than they than they did. Honestly, it would have yeah. been the best thing. But I don't know. like right now. I think so. I guess why do you think they lost the Siakam trade?
1: I shouldn't say lost because their their season's not over, but they're not going to do what they wanted to at the beginning of the season. So I guess you can't necessarily call it a loss. But you just uh, Bruce Brown is just gonna. Honestly, I, I was shocked that it wasn't like a buyout consideration. But I guess he has a pretty good second year. His option doesn't he on that contract? That's
0: a team option.
1: And the second year was a team because yeah. I couldn't remember if it was team or player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just I felt like they didn't get anything except for like two guaranteed firsts. Bruce Brown's not nothing, but in terms of and what I think you're he, doing, he's as a, a team, trade asset. Nothing.
0: Also, I think he's a flip, flipable guy, especially with with that team option on his contract, like. Even like trading him here at the end of the season, I think will probably be what you see Um instead of, oh, you could see him before the deadline even, but most likely it'll be, I would think, after the season's over. And so he can get moved to a team that, you know, is wanting to add him to their roster to make a push, you know, as a contender, basically.
1: As a sixth or a seventh man type of thing, like. Yeah. Because I think he is not going to do the same role for anybody outside of the Nuggets, what he did, but he's still a very valuable part of a rotation a guy that's been around a lot of winning places. Mm-hmm. So he'll be valuable to somebody. It just depends on who that somebody ends up being, whether it's at the trade deadline, like you said, it probably might be. But most likely as a team re- retools for next year, mm-hmm. seeing what they were missing. And a guy that's sized like a a three and plays like a five. <laughs> yeah. Only if you want him to. I would say uh, he's sized
0: as a like a point guard personally, but... He just, I guess he has a big wingspan, but yeah, he's one of those, he's a rare mold. Him and like Gary Payton, the second are kind of the, those guys that are, um, have, it's a mold that has popped up into the NBA solely because of all of the shooting, like the, the like how many guards that couldn't shoot have left the league because of like how much shooting matters now that mm-hmm. you can actually bring in guys like Gary Payton, second and Bruce Brown who can shoot now, by the way, but before, you know, I'm really industry sure here couldn't. And it was like, they're just hustle athletic guards that are really good and intuitive at like cutting into open space and utilizing the excess of space on the floor because of there being no non-shooting guards in the league, you know, especially if they're playing on a team that all other four positions can stretch the floor, then they're really valuable.
1: Uh, Essentially, the entire NBA is floor spacers. So you need floor like condensers or someone that can use the space better Mm -hmm. because like that used to be like a role that people would Like, oh, he's a good floor spacer. He... Pulls the defense out of the pay- now. Everyone is just that <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I need and so to guys pressure that can capitalize mm-hmm. high high basketball IQ guys that can do stuff like that is is a valuable piece at least for now until things shuffle and change again. And who knows? Yeah, as defense or as offenses start to run from like the free throw line through the bigs and stuff, that also kind of has eaten up a lot of that space because obviously somebody's standing right there to help with him. So it's basketball th- or silly me it's not basketball theory it's hoop theory um uh, sorry i hate myself just as much as uh, you guys probably do um but it's uh yeah i don't know it's just i didn't i didn't if you would have gave me like a list of all 30 teams who's going to be the one shaking things up wouldn't it put money on the raptors like i knew that they'd move some stuff but i didn't think it'd be like we're essentially going to start over but scotty barnes is staying and that's all we're really committed to yeah uh,
0: I honestly which thought I think they would work. do that last, like, whenever they were trading off of Kyle Lowry. The, the offseason. I thought season. that was going to happen. Yeah.
1: And then it just didn't. Mm-hmm. And it just kept kind of, sl- I guess they've been slowly doing it since Lowry left, but yeah. just
0: really slowly. Really slowly. But now that they, yeah, they got off OG and Siakam, which are the two, you know, really big pieces that were still left there from the championship year, which a lot of people forget about OG. OG wasn't on that team, like, wasn't playing for that team because he was injured that entire season. But he was on the team at the time. A lot of people forget that that he was he was there, <laughs> but just not playing. But yeah, so I also really love the fit on the Pacers side of things with Siakam. Um, Pia- Pascal Siakam and, and Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a nice P. one-two punch. Did Dan-
1: you see this? That the original thing that the Pacers were pushing was for Laurie Markkinen? Yeah. And Danny I've- Ainge saved the NBA because that would have been terrifying to deal with yeah I I, and uh-huh. would have, I feel like would have been way worse yeah. in terms of like watching like how do you feel <laughs> I feel like marketing and Halliburton is something that I'm a lot more scared of in my brain I don't know why I just am yeah so shout out to Danny Ainge for saving the NBA
0: mm-hmm. that would have been that yeah that, that would have been a Interesting dynamic. Uh, probably would have pushed them up. I don't know if it would push them up higher than they are with Siakam. Because, I mean, Siakam, it's hard to knock him already. Because, you know, yeah. he's two-time All-NBA guy. Um, that's and I think he's,
1: he's getting closer to what he was pre-bubble season than post. Because, like, there's all those, like, he really struggled, not in the bubble, but the year after the bubble where Toronto was playing in Tampa. And then just struggled he's gotten back closer and closer and closer to like what he was and i feel like he's going to just be back to that or maybe even better with having halliburton to that level of player of like back to that level and that could they have a like a full bona fide one and two instead of like a really good one and then guys that you think might get up to that level but aren't quite there yet Mm -hmm. it'll yeah the paces are like they're well, going to be like a low seed in the playoffs, just because of the how far—not low seed, but they're going to be like a terrible team that the one seed in the East is going to have to deal with. You're going to be like, "Well, this sucks. We beat the eight seed. Now we have maybe the hottest team yeah, in the East to ter- play." Yeah, terrible in the as in round.
0: terrible for the from the one seed's perspective. Yes, to deal with you
1: like yeah, you won't want to because like there's a world where they end up like the four or the five.
0: Yeah, I was about to then, propose this or like ask like the pose the question. There we go. Of yep. uh where this puts them in the East now.
1: So I think second. In terms of teams I wouldn't want to play against.
0: Oh, for like so for, strictly from a Celtics perspective. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. So and the only above reason they're not
0: Who? Uh the Sixers? Sixers. Okay.
1: And below the Bucks. Just because the Bucks. Yeah, or the Bucks. They they've done it like every there, guy there, except for Dame, has like done it before in terms of like done playoff things. You know, mm-hmm. Dame has, but not to the championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so yeah, but and just in general, I don't think that's crazy because matchup wise, I wouldn't be shocked if they could beat the Bucks with Spicy P.
0: Oh yeah, not at all.
1: Like th- they,
0: they're a good they're team. Like
1: they're they're just that good. Yeah. No, they're the Pacers. W- would be in the finals and I'd be like, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's not like a fluke. They're good. They're Honestly, very good. That's, that's insane um, that
0: we're at this point this quickly. That just last you know, year they I, were a losing team and Tyrese Halliburton was like a, a budding star, you know?
1: I think that's why. Because he he skipped whatever is in between budding and a flower. He just went there. Exactly. He just jumped that and turned into like, everybody's talking about ant and everybody's talking about it's me. I'm mm-hmm. that guy. I'm yep. the – it's not co- – does NBA have comeback player of the year? It for sure does. No, they don't. They don't? No. Dang. For I feel like I've gotten confused about this before. If there was one, it's Tyrese Halliburton because he got hurt, whatever, missed the second half of the season, is going to come back and be the – I'm going to say it. The best point guard in basketball just is.
0: Either him or Shay. This year. Yeah.
1: Him or – but that's my like, he was – not even considered in the same realm as Shea, other than they're both young and good at basketball. But, like, this season, I feel like he has just exploded.
0: Yeah. Him, Shea's Shea, also Shea, kind of Shea's taken a step up, too. But Shea was also very close to this level the last Stephanie, year. Yeah. I would, I'd it's, say the big thing is both of them are, like, playing better than Steph.
1: Dramatically
0: so. I mean, Steph's not playing yeah. bad at all. Um, he's on a bad team. But, but uh, like those guys are just—they just seem like they're having better seasons. And also, I mean, I guess if we we do count Luca as a point guard, I just I don't—I never even—he never comes to mind when I'm thinking of point guards. But he would be in that conversation too for sure. But I don't think you're crazy if you say like, who's having
1: the better season right now? Mm-hmm. If you put like Luca, those three in any order, I don't think I'd be like you've never watched basketball.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I agree with like, that.
1: I'd probably lean Luca or Shea's having the... But, like, they're all in that little circle, that realm, mm-hmm. which is wild uh, that that is where we're at. And um, we also... I forgot about this. Um, pour one out for another point guard. <laughs> He's beloved in all of our hearts. Um, I, I, I forgot about it, honestly. And then uh-huh. you said something, and it was a good idea. So it's, it's all you... Um, this is going to be our, it's not obituary. What's
0: the remembrance when they're still alive? Memoriam? Um, no, that's also when someone dies. <laughs> is it monument when they're not dead? I, I don't know. This is not a question Mo- for
1: me. Memorial's when they are dead, for sure. I think monument's when they're not dead. No, but it's the Washington hmm. Monument, and that homie was dead. But it's the Lincoln Memorial.
0: Memoir? Is that a thing?
1: We're just going to remember yep. the
0: Spanish Phenom. Pour, pour one out. You know, this was this isn't a very good time for you to ask me. You know, this is the reporter's fault, the person asking the question's fault, not my fault. You know what I'm referencing? <laughs> the LeBron James interview. <laughs> that was hilarious. But uh no, yeah. Ricky Rubio, <laughs> I've said for a long time on this podcast, is like my one of my favorite players, like ever, honestly. Like if if Ricky Rubio had like even, like, just a somewhat okay scoring game inside, like, his, like his finishing ability and, like, jump shot, like, he had a smooth jump shot, he would be an MVP candidate. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, he would be what, so what, good.
1: What What level of, like, player, like, pick a player that he has to only have that level of inside finishing to be an MVP candidate? Mm. Like, what's the worst... You know what I'm trying to say, like, what's the guy with the lowest level of inside finishing that you feel like if Ricky Rubio had that, he would be an MVP candidate?
0: Okay. Um, We're also coupling this with the jump shot, too, because that's also important, I think. So I'd say, like, Mike Conley. If
1: he had Mike Conley's offensive weapons.
0: In terms terms of of his scoring, basically.
1: His scoring. Ricky Rubio with Mike Conley scoring is an MVP candidate.
0: Close. Book yeah, it.
1: B- write it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's closer than people think. I'll I'll just say that.
1: No, because he did everything. Just all the just the little weird things better mm-hmm. than anybody that's ever breathed. Yep. He just is like, you don't even realize that he's doing it a lot of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. He is it's... like some one of the best like basketball IQs. Like nobody really puts him up there with those like Jokic. Or Chris Paul or LeBron, like stuff like that, because he's Ricky Rubio, you know, and he's not like an all star or anything. That's the, I think, I honestly think that's the only reason why he's not looked at like that. But like if he had an ounce of like scoring ability, you know what I mean? Like he would be so good. He would be looked at in a very different light, I feel like. Um, I also think uh, another
1: big part of it is everybody like loves him. I can't remember. I think it was that Paul George podcast he does where he has different players on. I can't mm-hmm. remember who. He was talking to a T-Wolf. I can't remember who it was.
0: Yeah. I guess out of I, all the
1: T-Wolves that it is now, it'd have to be Cat. I don't think it would have been anybody else. I watched. I like, added to everybody my watch loves later, loves
0: but I haven't seen that oh. actual clip yet.
1: There's just a part where it's like, Ricky, everybody loves him because he's just just that guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Give it a watch. Yes. What is his podcast called? I should Podcast know P. Okay. That's why I don't know it because I just try not to think about it.
0: Uh, you don't like that? I think that's funny. <laughs> podcast. B. Well, you.
1: I feel like it has the same energy as dominating. Really? Because the the playoff p it just is uncomfy.
0: But that, I, I feel like that's being self aware. Doing the podcast Maybe. p. That's true. You know. That's true. Like D- dominating, he's just like, dude. You you were like are <laughs> a crybaby is- who who couldn't like <laughs> stay on the floor in the playoffs, and. Uh, you know, just never, like he, you have one of the most dominant potential builds of an NBA player, but you don't have any sort of aggression inside, and you're, you're like a dainty flower finishing in the lane. Like, do not tattoo "dominating" across your back, please. <laughs> He's
1: also been just, on a bad team, the most... Middle of the road player on a bad team. Yeah, I did not think it would be because, like the the year they were in the finals, mm-hmm. I was like, as the the series against the Bucks went on, like he got better about not getting in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, is he? And then no. Yeah. Anyway, we don't. We, we need to stop talking about DeAndre eight <laughs> Ricky Rubio. Is there anything else that we needed to pour one out for the
0: homie? Um, I guess we. I just kind of mentioned it in passing, but the LeBron James interview uh was hilarious I, I it was after a loss obviously like a tough loss i don't remember what game it was but the interviewer is like what do you think of and like the, he had an accent like i think he think he was from spain and he was asking you know what lebron james had to say about the career that ricky rubio has had and lebron's just like uh sorry if you see this ricky but this not just not a good time to ask me this question uh so that's on the interviewer not my fault but no disrespect to you Ricky or like something like that like <laughs> you just did not it was answer. after a loss yeah
1: to the Grizzlies it looks like
0: uh but like still you couldn't just at least say like you know just say something like <laughs> instead he just had to be like terrible question uh you know <laughs> and then like preface it also
1: with not to be disrespectful to you Ricky but I'm not answering
0: this <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah that that interview just made me laugh, but yeah, so I think that should be it on Ricky Rubio. uh sad that he did he get his own episode? I don't think he has. I don't think he has got he'll his own for episode. he'll
1: for sure get one yeah. when we loop back, he'll get one. Mm-hmm. Well, if have we'll to, have one where there's literally nothing, and it'll just be like one of the first people that pops into my head, yeah, even if we don't write it down. Uh-huh. It's like when you don't know your password and you just get six, nine, six, nine and it's right.
0: that's ricky rubio because like yeah
1: that's like the name ricky rubio in my brain it'll Uh just be like random nba player it's not really random he's just programmed in there
0: Uh uh-huh but so i guess going back to the pacers thing a little bit i think i would probably rank them like i well i guess not going back to the pacers thing but going back to a thing that kind of popped up as a tangent while we were talking about the pacers thing which was in passing you had mentioned something about the Sixers and your level of fear for the Sixers seemed like it wasn't super high is that true like you don't you're not yeah. really scared of the Sixers at all even though they've been having the best season that they've had And i would say i don't know if it's like literally their best season that, that they've had since in like in the Indian beat era record wise but just vibes wise it feels like it is
1: i the same like it's the same thing about like the Buffalo Bills who lost last night or like the Chiefs are going to be playing in the Super Bowl that's my prediction because I just don't think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can Lamar Jackson is an insanely good football player I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback I'm just saying that some people like just just don't do it or have yet to do it so I would like to be proved wrong first Like, Mm -hmm. prove me wrong, and then I'll put more respect on your name. This regular season, yeah. Just because, like, getting close doesn't really matter at all. Unless you, like, actually get it done.
0: To some people, I guess.
1: No, like, obviously, like, if he were to, like, retire or something, you wouldn't, like, discount everything he's ever done. But, Mm -hmm. like... He doesn't have the Charles Barkley almost carried a team by himself to win the finals. Yeah, he hasn't been there yet.
0: Uh huh. Twenty nineteen, though, I would say that was that's such the one. A, that's the only one. If they if that shot did not go in, that Kawhi bouncing shot would have taken one more bounce and and just fallen out. The, I think the Sixers probably would have won the whole thing that year.
1: Yeah, for sure they would have beat up the beat up Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur. And well, at
0: the first but they it, had to get past the Bucks you know which was a really good team too cuz that was in the second round oh you're right
1: which is why it's kind of crazy that like
0: one. the second round is looked at as like that was like the finals in retrospect cuz i thought it was and i
1: like legitimately think it is was in my brain yeah like that's just yeah mm-hmm.
0: but yeah so i think that that um like the the sixers to me i i feel like they are at a different level like i fear them I'm not even in their conference, but, like, I feel like I would fear them a little bit more. But Pacers, like, I, I definitely have them over the Pacers, I guess is what I'm saying. Pacers are still, like, I pretty scary. Like, really also, scary compared to, like, where you would think the Pacers are just in your mind. You know what I mean?
1: You're you're also way better at, uh, like, not just letting your heart take your brain and go, like, I'm the captain now. <laughs> This is, I'm like fully aware that I'm probably wrong, but I can't even talk myself factually. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid will not get past the second round because he's physically incapable.
0: (laughs) It's just And it'll be somebody
1: else's fault. But then there's the Nick Nurse thing, and I feel like Nick Nurse could coach fourth graders to the playoffs. (laughs) Man, I don't.
0: Tyrese Maxey's at a huge, like just a different level now.
1: I'm more scared of Tyrese Maxey than I am Joel Embiid. Like, that's how delusional my brain is. Like, I know that that's wrong, but, like, I look. W- what's the difference in these two pictures? It, one's Joel Embiid and one's Tyrese Maxey. I'm terrified of Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. He yeah.
0: just doesn't, just scares me. He's a microwave, just all of a sudden. I think it's his
1: because, like, he's, he's built like he's uh, like a kid in an AAU mixtape, like how his hair bounces when he dribbles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, where it's like, this guy does not look like he can do what he does. Yeah. He just does it. Yeah. All the time.
0: Uh-huh, that's true. But yeah, so I guess the Pacers, to me, I, I think are probably the fourth team, though, in the East, um, if, you had to, if I had to, like, look at them and, like, power rankings, so do you, do you basically.
1: Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, Pacers? Is that your order?
0: No, I would go Celtics first by, like, a, lo- a mile. And then oh, it is okay. Celtics, yeah, and then probably Sixers over Bucks, right? At the moment, yeah, it's close. But Um, Sixers, then maybe Bucks, or like probably either either order for those Sixers or Bucks, and then fourth I'd put Pacers. If the
1: Bucks didn't beat this Celtics by like thirty or whatever that disgusting game was that I'm blocking out of my brain, I think that I would put the Pacers second. I just. (laughs)
0: Delusion. I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, I'm just. And then I guess the other teams that we got the Heat and the uh, Cavs. Cavs. Knicks. Um, oh. Yeah. Like, I think those guys are right there at, in the five, six, and seven spots, you know. It
1: depends on what Bam shows up for me for the Heat. Because, mm. like, I feel like he... As Butler's like getting a little bit older, obviously he can still do that stuff, but like in a seven game series, you just would need like I'm good at basketball Bam, to show up more mm-hmm. than he has in previous playoff series. He's had some where he's like insane, but then he just isn't other times, you know? Yeah. Uh there are also young guys I think have been playing really well for the Heat, which is another thing that mm-hmm. is exciting for them. Is the how is probably over.
0: third in rookie of the year right mm. now.
1: I love that man so much.
0: Uh huh. He's so different.
1: Everything about just the way he plays does not feel. You're just like man. He's just kind of going.
0: Yep. He's like like
1: the forty year old doing. He's the new Joe Ingles. How Joe Ingles looks like the Y guy.
0: That's kind of true.
1: He's just the next Joe Ingles, but Uh, because he is an older. He's
0: doing the dunk contest this year. Did you know that? No. I thought that was a meme. I thought I literally thought that was a joke when I first he's gonna saw going to win that. it. You know that there's going to be something crazy that he he's going to win it all. Like, I had no idea that he was like that kind of athlete until... Is he our new Ricky Rubio? I mean, he might Is be. He, gonna- he might be our new guy, Jaime Jaquez. We haven't talked about him enough this year, or, like at all. Like, he's been insanely... Like, he's been the biggest <laughs> surprise. Out of all of the surprises that have happened this season, which there's been a lot, like, Jaime Jaquez being, like, a legit, like, like, I don't even know what to call it. Like, literally the third best The rookie. Dame
1: trade, Miami, like, that Dame to Miami trade yeah. is fair. It would have <laughs> been even. It's worth it if you know what you're getting with uh, Jaquez and Jovic sometime. Like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: mm-hmm. worth it. Like, honestly. Would do again. He's old. He's really old for rookie. But still, it's just like. i thought he was going to be like a decent role player you know like probably might be a little bit better than his draft position which was 18th um but third (laughs) i i didn't see that coming um and he puts up buckets like he had like a he has had a couple 30 point games
1: on christmas he had like a over 30 at least yeah Yeah, i think i just remember he was on christmas and i was watching
0: yeah Man, he's and he's not that big at all. He's like 6'6, 6'7. 6'6,
1: 225.
0: Yeah, but he has like post moves like Kevin McHale. And then he has just like the, the most silky smooth jumper, like in the mid range, especially, but he's been shooting some threes too. Um, He's just a very high IQ player, can pass the ball really well, has a good feel. And then all apparently, he's also very athletic because. He's in the dunk contest. Well, I knew that
1: from UCLA. That, I did know that one from UCLA. That
0: he was, he was he could jump?
1: That he's an athlete, yeah.
0: I did not know that at all. I thought he was like a Jokic. Well, not that bad, but like, you know what I mean. <laughs> well,
1: and I don't know if I knew that he was like dunk contest against the only thing, that, the only reason they're in the NBA is because they're athletic. Yeah. Like level athletes. Um, but yeah, I knew that he was he was swifty. I also think something about just the main and just... The like facial conquistador hair. facial hair. It just
0: conquistador. Works. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's yeah. what it is, isn't it? I don't know like if that's what it's tra- called, but I get I get what you mean when you say that for sure. I don't. I doubt that that's what it's called. Conquistador. conquistador. What you're making a face? It's,
1: well because I'm getting mixed results. I Google conquistador facial hair. And a picture of him shows. I'm just kidding. That'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure that would be the the facial hair that would show up because you're thinking. I'm sure you're you're picturing like Hernan Cortez or whatever, the leader of the Oh, uh, from
1: the greatest animated movie ever, uh, The Road to El Dorado. Is he, he in that have movie? That facial hair.
0: Yeah, that's Hernan Cortez. I don't I don't remember you, that movie very well. So it's a I great think, movie. Yeah, um, Miguel
1: and Tulio. Oh, the first movie that DreamWorks ever made that lost money because they hired Elton John to make the soundtrack.
0: Is that why? Just because of the soundtrack? Well, if you hire Elton John... What's wrong with Elton John? Like, He's one of the biggest pop no, stars ever.
1: That's my point. Explicitly. You hire Elton John to make a random animated sound movie soundtrack? I feel like that's like... Like going to a t-ball game with a corked bat. Like, you're just overdoing it. No, I'm fully aware that Elton John, like, this was peak of powers Elton John. And you're like, hey, would you make us the soundtrack for this animated movie? Like, I feel like he wasn't cheap, you know.
0: But, okay, so why is... uh, It's the
1: first one that ever lost money because so much money went into the soundtrack is what I was trying to say
0: oh i see what you're saying not
1: because it was bad
0: that it was you're not saying it performed gas. it performed that bad because elton john was there is because they sank so much of their money into elton john
1: which i don't know if that's true but i feel like it has to be partially true yeah like he could not have been cheap in like 2003 when this movie came out
0: yeah i i mean isn't it kind of like how much should they it's pay phil collins with tarzan and, and Phil Collins oh. is not as big as, El- I mean, Phil Collins is huge, but no, he's not Elton John. So I guess that makes sense though, that I thought you were saying that it wasn't like, it was like a, a turnoff for audiences or something. No, I was like, quite, why would that, that would be the opposite. I feel like, um,
1: um I, oh, but the fun fact is that is the, for anybody that does like trivia stuff. That is the first ever DreamWorks movie that did not make money that mm. like lost money.
0: Yeah. I think I heard that before. Um, but yeah, it anyways, we, we dove way too deep into that. We just did like a, I don't know how long it was, but it seemed like we really got into the weeds on that one. Um, onto a DreamWorks movie. But it's a great one. Yeah. So I guess what else we have for today is re- revisiting the over-unders that we've been doing, which I probably should have been prepared for this by getting that up on my screen. All right, so diving into the over-unders, um, looking at where they are right now and looking at what our picks were, how they compare. Uh, Jacob is laughing hysterically right now. I don't know. We just came back <laughs> from Rick. He was probably looking at something on his computer.
1: It's, just, it's a thread of Jalen Brown just doing weird stuff, and it just made me laugh. Like, one of them... uh. Uh, he, had a, he He's like, he's big on the fashion thing. Like, he yeah, dresses yeah. kind of fancy. Somebody gave him popcorn, and he was eating the popcorn. And he's like, wait. And then he, like, runs back and gives him back the popcorn and goes, it'll mess up my fit. And then walks again, like, through all the cameras when he was walking to the game.
0: It'll, Just made me laugh oh, because him holding it will yeah, distract it would from it his... Up. Okay. That's kind of weird, but...
1: And then, like, there was another one where... um. He was pointed out as the best Brad Stevens impression. And his quote was, I don't know why he implicated me. Just implicated is just a
0: funny word. Implicated. I don't know why he implicated <laughs> me. When he
1: called Dennis Schroeder ugly in a postgame. <laughs> Dennis played great, but he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that okay. was a flat top, Jalen. Sorry, I'm done now. Yeah, <laughs> back now that we are ready and back for the action.
0: All right, so looking at the Western Conference standings and how like that compares basically to what their over underline was at the beginning of the year and our picks from that. And so to touch on the rules, because we we barely did last time, at the beginning of the season, we did these over unders, we did one episode per division, and we could pick either over or under on each team's line uh, for regular season wins. And we could also lock our over or under uh, once per division. And a lock would make our selection worth three points instead of worth just one. So we get three points if we're correct. We lose three if we get it wrong. And then we also have one stay away to use per division. And a stay away just makes it worth nothing. Um, So use it on the ones you're not confident about. And so looking at the Pacific Division, Golden State Warriors. I'm glad. I'm so glad I used my stay away. On this team going state warriors over under line was 48 and a half wins jacob you locked the over um yeah
1: i so knew this one was gonna be
0: bad that's your first like real miss on a lock honestly the heat one is it's like could go either way but this one like you're probably not gonna get no i won't for sure yeah not as not as surefire as my pistons one but still pretty bad pretty yeah pretty unlikely because they have They're 18 and 22 right now. So they're on a 45 win percentage, um, which off the dome is not going to work. I'm going to pull up a calculator. 0.45 times 82 is 36.9 wins. So 11 wins under. That might be the biggest difference that we've had other than the Pistons one. Yeah, which was double that. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, and then the next team in the Pacific Division, the Clippers, forty-six and a half was their over underline. Um, and I might get this wrong. I used I did under Jacob, you used your stay away, and they are on a sixty-six win pace. Not not sixty-six wins. Holy cow. They have a winning percentage of sixty-six percent. Uh six five nine times eighty-two is fifty-four wins. So definitely over by a good margin
1: mm-hmm.
0: that will probably sustain i'll probably lose that one i'm glad i didn't use my lock though obviously and then the lakers well, were-
1: well I, but i think the reason i went stay away is because i thought they might blow it up and trade everybody i think i did something stupid like that mm. like that's the only reason i used to stay away yeah that's crazy okay uh lakers
0: yeah lakers forty-seven and a half was their line we both went over and we're both probably going to be wrong on this because they are with I can do this quick math easy because they are 500 right now. Uh, So they are on a 41 win pace, Um, which isn't like, I mean, it's not like impossible, obviously, if they just go on a tear in the second half of the year. Um, Which is what they did last year. it is what they did last year. So if that happens again, then they still have hope they could get to that uh, magic number of 48 and make us both right. But this one doesn't really matter because we have the same pick here. So it affects us the same way. Um, And then the Suns, I locked my under on this one. 52 and a half was their line, which I'm so glad I did that. Uh, you just went normal under. 24 and 18 is their record right now. And that's a 57% winning percentage, which puts them on pace for 47-ish wins, 46.8. Um, so not like a crazy amount below, but a definitely significant amount below the line. Um, and they're doing better of late, I guess, because yeah, they're on a five game win streak actually have the longest win streak right now in the West. And then the next team is the Kings. And I went over on the Kings with 44 and a half as their line. Ooh. And you went under, by the way. Yep. Um, Because winning... they were
1: a rising tides team where I thought everyone else was getting better, so they were just going to not be able to take a big jump.
0: Yeah, you thought they would be not better than last year. And so people were going to, you know, they have them figured out now basically and the rest of the, the west was rising i think was your argument that you had laid out yep but yeah their winning percentage is 56% uh so multiply that by 82 that's a 46 win pace so just slightly over that would, so looking that okay be close yeah cuz were
1: on a four game loss streak
0: yes they are which,
1: which is tied for the worst in the league
0: that's kind of crazy with how many like there's a handful of really really bad teams you know
1: uh oh yeah wizards are at four well pistons recently got another one of their wins so they're at only a two-game loss streak
0: yeah which they have 38 of those 38 losses so <laughs> it's kind of a rare window honestly and then the spurs yeah they, they have just one a win streak honestly they they've won their last game but yeah so then that's the whole pacific division uh, so that one will be close. We, I think, just going division by division. You, look I like, won the
1: East by a little bit.
0: It, I think you, you probably edged me out in the East, and then the Lakers. Yeah, so we're we're basically tied here. I feel like
1: my lock will be
0: the big one. Yeah. So you'll lose that, but you three. had the and, Pistons lock, and I have the Suns lock here. So I think I'm. I definitely won the Pacific one so far. Oh yeah. But moving on to the next division is the uh, northwest so that's the nuggets is the first team in that division yours truly and so f- their over underline was 52 and a half. i locked the over on that obviously and they are looking pretty good they're over that pace for sure i know that for a fact but just to get the exact 30 number, and
1: 14 was what they are at
0: yeah 30 and 14 which is a 68 percentage and multiply that by 82 is 56 wins just under 55.9 so pretty okay amount over not major but looking pretty good there uh you also went over so we're both mine was
1: regular though if i believe
0: yeah yeah it was because you locked the over on the timberwolves which is the next team and you are definitely right there uh 45 is was the win line (laughs) that they need to need to hit uh wow
1: i didn't realize it was that yeah
0: I remember being oh, wow. very either way on the wolves but I opted for the slight under which is going to be very wrong I think unless something tragic happens because their win percentage is 71.4% right now and that puts them on pace for like probably like 60 almost 58 and a half so yeah a good amount over like 14 Game's healthily
1: over. over. Yeah. Makes me feel better about my Warriors thing.
0: Yeah. Balances out for sure. And then the Thunder had the same line, 44.5, but we both went over on them. So both gonna be right there. Uh 69% times 82.
1: 57 probably. 57, uh yep, just 58. under
0: 56.6. Definitely clearing that bar. And then the Blazers. You used to stay away on the Blazers. I'm kind of surprised about that. Cause um, I
1: think I was still like, I don't know what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. And then I went under, and their line was 27 and a half. So they have to get to 28. It'll be close. Yeah. It might be be decently close. Uh, They might. They're going
1: to be under, but yeah. Yeah.
0: They're on a pace for 23 and a half ish.
1: Also, not that close.
0: It could be. Like, if they have a better second half of the year than the first half, which isn't like impossible but i'd say it's unlikely just because usually the, the bad teams have like worse second halves cuz they they're trying to be worse at that point to get better lottery odds but um also with like this the disappointment of scoot henderson in this rookie year uh they might i know. think
1: he's the one rookie that's had the worst growing pains i'm not worried about scoot i still think he's going to be a dog but i just think that uh he's definitely like tried to do things that he was not built to do when he jumped to the nba like, no, you're not, you're not a pure shooter. Oh Stop. yeah,
0: yeah, not at all. Drive. Yeah. So I guess like looking at the, like him, just not performing to the level that they had hoped, they still might be, you know, looking for another star to get in the lottery. Yep. Could be a thing there. So the the Blazers, uh, you, you stay away. I went under 27 and a half is their line. They'll probably go under there. And then the jazz. So this is the, probably the most confusing one so far because they started off the year like there it was like yeah definitely going to be under. I used stay away, you went under. And At the start of the year it looked like yeah, that's definitely going to be an under. Now, it looks like it's a pretty comfortable over and it feels like it's continuing to go that way. It's kind of weird how good the jazz is their, really. their line was 35 and a half.
1: Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah they're going to crush that.
0: Yeah, they're 500 right now, so 41 win pace. I used my stay away, you went under. So n- neither of us are going to get points here, obviously unless something crazy happens. But I think it's weird how good the Jazz have been lately. Simone Fontecchio has been like a real starter for them. Like since they've changed their starting lineup to Simone Fontecchio in there with Markinen on the wings. And then uh, they also have Colin Sexton in the starting lineup now with Chris Dunn. <laughs> and, and then they the people they're bringing off the bench is Keontae George and Jordan Clarkson in the backcourt, which like, I would have at the start of the season, I don't know if that that was their starting back court, but I probably would have guessed the complete opposite of that would yes. have been, you know, who the starters and who were the bench players. And then Kessler locks um, down
1: the five, for anyone wondering.
0: Is he starting most games? I think so. Oh, is he? Okay. I wasn't sure on that. That's why I didn't say that. Because I wasn't sure if Olinick was the starter or not. I have watched a few Jazz games recently, but I didn't pay that close attention to who was in the starting lineup at the center spot.
1: I believe it is Kessler, but I will check so we don't give misinformation to the people of the world.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, Will Hardy is doing a great job there. So Jazz have another surprising season this year, honestly. And then the Mavericks... Moving on to the Southwest division. Well, I, I guess uh, looking at the Northwest, how like scoring it division by division. I'm probably going to get my over on the Nuggets. You're definitely going to get your over on the Wolves. And I went under on that one. So that puts me at a disadvantage. We're the same on the Thunder. Um, I'll probably get the Blazers. Neither of us will probably. So I guess that's about tied then because I have an advantage of one in the normal ones outside of our, our locks. And then I have a disadvantage of one in our locks, but like by just one point instead of three, cause it was, yep. yeah. So it is a wash in the Northwest, but I'd say tiebreaker goes to you though, because the Timberwolves over is much more definite than the Nuggets over.
1: It's like almost, you'd like almost be like, there's no way they don't.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it's
1: possible, but they would have to lose 30 games. Yeah. They would have to go on a losing streak or like the same loss ratio that the Pistons are rocking. Like they would have to be that bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, we're pretty close to that. Pretty close. They yeah, probably they wouldn't need to be quite that bad because they still have 15 wins to get, and the Pistons probably won't even get 15 wins on the season, to be honest. <laughs> but uh yeah, and then uh, so the Southwest Division w- was a division of all unders, other than okay, yeah. I'm going to be terrible in this one. You're not going to be much better, but you're going to be a little bit better. Uh the Mavericks, I locked the under on forty-four and a half wins, which isn't impossible, but it's probably I'm I'm sure they're over that, because fifty-seven percent times eighty-two puts them at forty-seven just under forty-six point eight. So not completely out of the woods, but uh definitely close. And you went just normal under on that. The Rockets is where we both are gonna be totally wrong. You locked the under, I went normal under. On the Rockets of 31.5.
1: Man, they might not be, they're like ahead of that, but they've struggled near like recently. They started off so hot.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: They still will beat that, but it's like they've struggled as of recent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're three and 10 in their, or three and seven in their last 10 games.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I guess they're seven wins over where they need to be right now to get the over. Uh, Like that's what they're on pace for uh 39 wins so maybe yeah we'll see if they have a better second half of the year or not probably not because of how good of a start they had this year but how young they are they are uh below 500 now which at one point they were like the two seed in in the west yeah and they were rocking the second best defense in the league behind the wolves i'm sure that's probably regressed i haven't looked at that in a while but but still a a very formidable defensive squad there, coached by Ime Yudoka. And then the Memphis Grizzlies is the next team, which this one's an easy, like we both got, are getting the unders on this. I wish I would have used my lock here. 45 and a half wins was their line. We both went under and they are not even close to that because of the whole jaw situation. I also think this line was before we knew, before anybody knew about Steven Adams being out for the entire year because he was supposed to be coming back. But then he had career, not career ending. Wow. Season. Hopefully not. Yeah, season-ending surgery on his wrist, I think something like that. That would be weird to have season-ending surgery on a wrist, though, unless it was like something crazy. I think it might have been something his ankle or knee. I don't remember some part of his body he needed surgery mm-hmm. on. Uh, so he got it done. But he got yeah, he got it done right before. I think it was like like a day or two before opening night, and so he was, he's he's going to be out the rest of the season, and then Jaw. Was we knew he was going to be out for the first twenty five, um, which was going to be for a big Six hit.
1: games and mm-hmm. then Torres Labrum.
0: He played nine, I think.
1: Nine, nine, and then Torres Labrum.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's going to be out the rest of the year. Also, and the Grizzlies have been pretty terrible without those guys, without their starting center and starting point guard. Uh, understandably, understandably um, so. Yeah, twenty nine. Here's wins the... is what they're on pace for.
1: Are the Nuggets worse than the Grizzlies if they don't have Jokic Murray?
0: Jokic and Murray? Are they worse? Point
1: guard and point guard and center.
0: They I think they're worse honestly.
1: No, I just was I just was like throwing out like like uh, Celtics like of, don't have of course. KP yeah. Drew Holiday. Granted the, the Celtics aren't built around those two necessarily, but like Chet and Shea are gone.
0: Yeah, the Thunder That's a problem. Are, that's definitely a problem for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially since they don't have any other centers.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then LeBron
1: and AD are gone for the Lakers.
0: There we go. Now we're hitting this. That, that team would definitely <laughs> be worse than the Grizzlies. Uh, well, I'm
1: also, I was kind of joking LeBron, but I think essentially that's what it would be like yeah. having those two guys be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry.
0: That's all right. Rabbit hole. The Pelicans is the next team and their over underline was 44 and a half, which is the same. I feel like there's been like five teams, maybe even more than that. There's been a lot of teams with that same exact over underline. Not gonna count them. But the Pelicans, though, we both use our stayaways on the Pelicans, probably just because it's Ion, I guess. Uh 58% win percentage, which is looking pretty good. Oh, wow, I just did I didn't put a decimal. And uh, the number was like in the thousands. I was like, what? <laughs> they're not gonna win that many games. Uh forty seven and a half wins is what they're on pace for. So three wins over. So definitely, but I mean, it doesn't matter at all because we both use stayaways. away. Yeah. The Spurs, though, this is where I'm going to be dead wrong. Um, I didn't use my lock, thankfully, but I went over on the Spurs. I thought it would be a slight over, but I did not realize that Pop was going to be... Like, I thought it was going to be like, they're going to take one year to be bad and then flip it around right away. But I think he's definitely taking this year as another buffer year of like, let's just experiment, take things slow, you know? Didn't anticipate that with him being like 75 now. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I might, I'd, He might even be exactly 75. He's close to that. I think he's 74 at least, which we've just have had some co- the major coaches in other sports retire, retire recently.
1: 74. His birthday is in a week.
0: So he's turning 75 in a week?
1: Yep. The 28th of January, he'll okay. be 75.
0: Yeah. But Nick Saban and, and uh, Belichick were both 72, right?
1: Yep. But uh, Belichick's not done. Saban is done.
0: Oh, Belichick's not done? No,
1: he didn't retire. He's just done at the Pats. He's like, I think he's gonna probably end up in Atlanta.
0: Oh, probably. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. But anyways, going back to basketball, Spurs. I went over. Uh, they had to win twenty nine games to hit that mark, which so they're definitely not gonna do that. Um, they're on a, They have a nineteen percent win percentage right now. So that's a sixteen win pace, almost 50, 15.6. So yeah. So they're definitely not gonna hit that. Jacob, you went under. Like a smart man, you are. Um, you went under on every single team in this division, except for the Pelicans, You used your stay away. But yeah, so this division, we both are coming out looking really bad. But I'm but... not
1: that wrong. We're not that bad.
0: Really? The Mavs
1: was our bad one.
0: And Rockets and the Grizzlies. Or oh, no, we're right on the Grizzlies. And then Pelicans. Right on the Grizzlies.
1: Get I'm right on the Spurs. Yeah, so you, you Pel- have two. Pelicans, we don't get anything. And Rockets have been so bad, I'm not convinced that's dead yet
0: maybe Because of how bad if that been does the hit end. then you get you, if that does hit then you get your lock also so that would be big
1: oh i'm not even the lock side but like yes yeah i know what you mean now i'm track i'm tracking
0: like right now if you're counting like if scoring it you have two positive and four negative so you're at negative two on the division and that's better than i i think i'm at negative three mm. so Overall, I'd say pretty bad (laughs) division. No,
1: it's bad. It's that's fair.
0: I'm sure it's our worst. I'd be surprised if there's another division that we're worse in. Uh, but that is that. I think. I guess looking at the West, we're super close again. I feel like we're really close in both.
1: I think you probably edged out the West. Yeah, is what it felt like because I missed two locks.
0: Yeah, and And I missed. I think I got. I got two of my three locks in both conferences and then my
1: technically the heat lock was wrong but it was like it's in a game
0: marginal yeah um it might still be pretty close he have a 56 percent win percentage 0.558 times 82 um they might be under their line now where is their line yeah they are under now so you that would be correct well,
1: it's it's just close
0: yeah they're at 45.8 and their line is 46 and a half so they're within a game under. But yeah. So that I guess is the over unders for the Western Conference. We got those all done. And where are we at on time? Um 118. Okay.
1: 118, pretty good. We're pretty getting good? good at this. Yeah. Took us two years, but we're getting good at it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Honestly. But yeah. So I guess that will be it for today's episode. Um announcement uh, a bit. I unless this something happens and this doesn't end up happening. We are planning on being on another podcast this upcoming week. We got invited to be on the hoop journal podcast. Everybody and they're good. Go check it out.
1: Everyone. Yeah, actually, actively. Even if it doesn't happen and we don't end up on one of their episodes. Yeah. Like you've everyone, Gremlin people that are listening still, shout out to you. Go type into your little Spotify. Hoop journal. Uh-huh. They're it's good. Yeah. Like I have they they are both more intelligent. I'm gonna be the dumbest person in the room when we record.
0: <laughs> it does seem like they have a little bit of a me and you dynamic in some ways, though. Like I can I can tell yes. which one's the me and which one's the you. You know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Every good podcast does the mismatch. Yeah. You're the Vern. I'm the KOC. I'm just
0: kidding. Okay. Yeah. I I'm messing with you. Yeah. On my role, at least, like is the verno of like leading us into the topics and everything, but I'd say personality wise, we're definitely the opposite on that. But yeah, anyways, uh, so we'll be on that show. I think we're planning on talking about all-star stuff. So that will be a good time. That'll be on Saturday too. So be looking out for that. And then next episode, we will be talking about uh, more trade stuff, either trades that have happened or trades that, that we are anticipating to happen are some of those things so me not being able to talk anymore is our cue to get out of here thank you guys for listening check out all of the stuff patreon buy me a coffee all those things stay happy stay healthy and we will talk to you guys next episode peace